What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? So, Reed, did you have a good time doing um, dance and stuff live this past Tuesday at eight? Oh, dance and stuff live was a total joy, except it was slightly nerve wracking just being alone in my apartment and seeing people's names that we know and don't know and them having certain expectations of us and having to not necessarily accommodate people because we didn't have to. We do never anything. do. That's but, the kind um, of honest truth about we it. Never we never do. have to accommodate. <laughs> but we certainly had a good laugh and we did the Chinigans game, which I thought was a true joy as did apparently everyone else because they took beautiful screen pictures of us, which are wonderful. I will be doing it again. I imagine same time, same place. We, so ladies, gentlemen, and other dance and stuff live will be happening on your Instagram accounts every Tuesday night at 8 PM until we decide we don't want to do it or that we decide we want to change our time. And, <laughs> uh, or if we decide to do something else, and we'll let you know, but we are planning on doing it this coming Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can join in and ask us questions if you, this past week, things that you missed or things that you missed. So um, we're only going to have it live. We're not going to keep it in our stories so that it can feel like there's something that's happening in space time continuum on the internet mm-hmm. that actually is only for that moment. That's right. Um, because as the internet seems to want to let us know, everything's here forever. And let me just tell you what it's not. <laughs> it's things, not things come and things go. Jeremy literally sent me um, a text that said, I'm taking the Insta story down. And I said, but why? Yeah. I still don't fully understand why, but I, I believe in whatever he does. Well, because it's a thing of you're either there for it or you're not. And that can give you like the pleasure of being of, you know, there's, there's not going to be live performance that people show up to in um, a while, mm-hmm. it's a long time actually that people are going to congregate together in theaters. So I think this is going to be, how can one do that in a virtual platform space is well, you're there at that time or you're not. And um, so what's nice about Insta Live, though, is you can come into the theater late and no <laughs> one, no, no usher is going to say, ma'am, ma'am, you're going to have to watch from the lobby. <laughs> no one, that's not going to happen to you. You're going to be able to walk right on in. And um, we might even give you a shout out. We might even be like, we might even be like, oh, my God, Madonna. Hi. Glad you could come. Yeah, we're only going to be here for another five minutes. But thank you for coming. Thank you. Another shout out to Madonna. Please, please follow me on Instagram. Send me DMs. She will. Um, and come to uh, <laughs> Dance and Stuff Live. I really, I would absolutely pay Madonna $100 if we could talk about her bathtub video, which she took down. I'm still really upset about it. It's so clear. Like really? As soon as I saw that, I was like, she's going to be forced to take that down. And, and she was. Sure enough, it was just insane. Jack, when, sure did enough, I, when did I last talk to you? On inst- when we, you and I had like a decompress after Insta Live, just like if we'd done a show. Oh, that's right. Like, just I... like if we'd done a show, we hung out afterwards and was like, 
we talked about stuff. And I immediately mm-hmm. fell asleep and you were yeah. absolutely wired. Well, you are someone who, as people know who've heard this podcast, can fall asleep during a show. That's correct. Whereas I actually become energized during a show and mm-hmm. sort of go into a manic upswing mm-hmm. only to be followed by an excruciating depression for the next <laughs> several days. <laughs> so um, I would still say I'm incredibly depressed. <laughs> After after our Insta Live performance, but by this coming Tuesday, I will have done therapy. I will have hopefully gotten my psych med refill, mm-hmm. and I will mm-hmm. find a way to Judy Garland myself back up, up, Wonderful. up for my FANS. Well, I have bombs. um, I have many gifts um arriving shortly in the mail, so I feel every day is something to look forward to when there's a mouse trap on the way, when the crochet hooks are on the way, when there's Do you also- wash those articles as they come in? Do you put I, them in a quarantine zone for three days? I would like I'd like to tell you no, but the truth of the matter is is I've I've taken to doing what you do with now, which is literally washing everything in the sink as it comes in. I know, so. I know. It was you were really like, uh, this isn't a big deal. And then you're like, oh, it is. And then you're like, I'm not going to wash my things. And now I am. It must be hard for I you to it was, follow suit behind my extreme I know. I thought it was truly hilarious when you washed a bag of potato chips. But now it seems totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> totally normal. Now it's, um, now it's just what's happening. Reed, is that your text the, message dinging? It seems like um, something oh, you would yeah, have allowed. Let me turn that... I just don't bother with anything anymore. You tr- well, you never have, and it's only going to make you more casual, quite <laughs> frankly. It's really, as we saw this coming year, you're only going to lean further into yeah. lethal casualness. Yeah. Do you know what else I have coming in the mail? Two other things. I have one of those telephone tripods that has flexible arms, so now I can do... I can actually mix cake batter with two hands. I love for example. that. So I, I have to say, watching you get a McClure's, McCormick, whatever spice uh, lid off mm-hmm. with one hand was absolutely one hand it was incredible. It made my it, thank you. It's, it's lean times, so it did help me. I also was thinking last night, right before I fell asleep last night, I was thinking about how you still have all that oxy. Um, I do. And I really (laughs) cannot believe that you aren't putting on just, I have many movies I can suggest to pop an oxy to. And, um, Mm. so when you're getting really bored up in there, LMK queen, I'm going to give you a fierce weirdo movie, pop an oxy, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. You know? Thank you. Well, yeah. I I know you might be noticing that I no longer have maps on the ceiling because I I took them down because I received in the mail seven new maps that were more beautiful than the original. So then I went back on eBay and I ordered a lot of thirty two more National Geographic maps. So then I can truly yeah. cover the whole ceiling in the kind that I like. I think that sentence is really one of my favorite. That's a very read sentence. And I ordered. A 32, 32 more. more. A, a 32 more. I ordered a... There you go. 32 mm-hmm. more. Uh-huh. Um, well, I feel that I have noticed that about the maps, and um, I'm excited to see the full... Full coverage. Full coverage. Yes. You do love a full coverage. I have um, one more sad story, which is that... Okay. I ordered that set of crochet hooks, which was like, oh... Yes. And it arrived yesterday... And sadly, when I opened the package, inside the case was nothing. It was just a case. No, it was just an empty case in which you're supposed to put your crochet hooks. 
So now I, I'm going to return that, which means I get to take a trip to the UPS store, which will be crazy. And Please wear anything over your face as they're not okay. saying. They are actually now literally like, um, so yeah, we did say like, don't wear masks because we were worried about our healthcare workers getting them. But like, they do help, which the whole time I was like, duh. I have like, my dickie, so I can put my dickie over my face. Yeah, people are um, wrapping scarves, anything. It's just, you know, you want to deflect the spittle. Yeah, and also, I got to go to Adrian and Joe's, Joe's apartment in Soho yesterday to water the plants, and that was such a thrill, to go to another place. How did you get keys? They they have a doorman who who has an extra set of keys, so he... I, it took me about 12 minutes to unlock the door, let me tell you what. Very frustrating. Did you... Th- and could you just stay there for part of this quarantina? I guess I could. Yeah, ask them. They have must have a big apartment. It took them. It took the. It took them a long time to answer the phone to tell me how to water the plants. So I did a yoga class in their um, whilst in their house. Well, honey, I think you should just chill out. If you're if you're just move in. If you're going to a place to water plants, it's your home now. It's your home now, honey. It's my house. That's how um, this shit works. I want to quickly also just really quickly before we get to our gorgeous guest talk about. Another person who's gorgeous, um, who is the actress who plays Leela on My Brilliant Friend. I watched the episode. Jack. I cried. I finally cried because I haven't cried this season, whereas people know that I've cried every oh my episode God. of the-, the first season of My Brilliant Friend. This episode I really cried in when she leans over to look at Lenu behind the car and starts going laying into her. Oh, it was unbelievable. How about that mirror scene where they're getting dressed? Wasn't that the most beautiful thing you ever saw? It was incredible. It was so shocking. Leela's performance, the actress who Leela was both Leela and Lenu were so good. Miss Galliani's daughter looks exactly like what I pictured from the book. The Nino, Nino's so beautiful, it's psychotic. And they really found like the person who it's like, please, honey, like Timothy Chalamet, who that guy is like the, the alpha of femme mask, like lanky realness. Like, I, oof, I mean, honey. I don't think they even bothered casting actors. I think they just went out in the streets and cast doppelgangers for whatever they were looking for. Well, have you watched the documentary of the of the of the making of the first season? No. You have to watch it because those Lenu is not an actress. Obviously, she just they were they were like we're just casting, and she did it. And then you get to watch this documentary of what they did to build their friendship, which was to make them improv together for a year. Whoa! It's all the kids in my brilliant friend were doing like these extreme improv classes, learning the dance together to really build this sense of that they grew up together. That's really good. And I have chills thinking about the documentary. There's like all these shots where Lenu and Leela stay in like, they like are in each other's hotel room all the time. Mm. Like just ordering in and laughing. It's so, please watch The Making of My Brilliant Friend. You're going to... My God, that scene where she's so evil in the car. Oh Well, when you watch the documentary, it's also like they are those roles. Like Leela, the girl who plays Leela really is an actress mm. and she's so excited to go to LA and Lainu is very, the girl who plays Lainu is like, Hmm, I wonder what this will be like <laughs> for the premiere. It's really, you're gonna, you're gonna die. Watch the documentary, you'll cry through it.
Okay, hi, ladies. Welcome, hi, welcome. Hi, Lisa. We're here. Hi, we're here. It's okay, Reed so and Jack. Yeah, you need to go to iTunes. Have you heard of iTunes? Go there, it's and we need a, you to um, rate. What would you call it? Comment. It's a storage thing for music and sound. <laughs> you're going to go to iTunes, and you're going to go to Dance and Stuff podcast, and rate and comment. And you also have to subscribe, absolutely, and subscribe. And because the more comments we get, the more listeners we get, and then the more people you can talk about this podcast with. Uh, also, also, don't forget that we are still on YouTube. We have a bunch of videos we made. Go check them out. And not also, only made, you can also watch videos we like. Yeah, that's true. You can also watch videos that we like. Also, uh, we have a Patreon. Please consider supporting us. And um, and I would say, here's your my recommendation. Knowing the demographic of our supporters, uh-huh. cap it off at five. Don't think that you need to give us any more than $5, because if all of you gave us $5, we would build the Dance and Stuff Center for Podcast Education Upstate. Tea, so honey, tea. this is basically our Kickstarter, like Marina Abramovic. Except we'll follow through. Thank yous. Okay, so speaking of women, incredible, <laughs> powerful, beautiful women. Uh, Reed, please introduce our guest because you know her better. Today on the pod, we have someone who I actually don't know very well, but someone who I have spoken to on stairwells, in and around the Rose Building and the David H. Koch Theater. Today we have the beautiful, the luminous, the incandescent, the fierce India Bradley from the New York City Ballet. Mm-hmm. She, she, she is at the moment somewhere in the world that she'll tell us about, and she's in full face mask with that is fully now cracked like as if she were made of clay from all the laughing i I know i know (laughs) india i am worried about this face mask you have on because i am like are we gonna have to take a pause for you to get this off and to moisturize oh no it's fine i mean i usually wear this for like 30 minutes i'm it says on the bottle like you're supposed to wear it for six but it's okay you're about to wear it for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's okay. <laughs> um, it's all India, good. where are you right now? I'm in Michigan right now, which is my hometown. Um, I grew up here. I went to school here. I took my first ballet class here. I literally lived most of my life here before I found out about your type of people um (laughs) before new york um and yeah i'm in my bedroom commerce commerce township which is like uh how do i explain i don't know if you've heard of west bloomfield or not too far away from ann arbor which is like more popular Mm -hmm. india we're gonna blow your mind because jack and i went to high school in michigan the both of you? I know it. Her eyes popped out. She's shocked. Yes, the both of us. We went to high school together at Interlock and Arts. Oh, Academy. you told me that. No, you told me that, Reed. Can you imagine? No, you told and me that. I, I forgot. <laughs> in India, I grew up in rural Wisconsin. Oh. Like a small town above Madison of like 2,500 people. Right, of course. And I guess like negative. 1000 degrees in the winter time. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a real, it was a real, um, it was rough. It made moving to New York easy. Easy, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because I told you before, Reed. I don't know if you remember, but my mom went to Interlocking. But before Interlocking was a school, it was just like a. It used to be like a summer program, right? It used to be a camp back in the day, day. Yeah, right. And right. she went there when it was like a summer camp. 
she's that old. And it, was she a dancer? She's she a was. Dancer? She used to dance in Alvin Ailey, or with oh, wow. Alvin Ailey. Um, in the eighties, it was. I think some of her first years, he was still alive, and then he passed while she was still dancing in the company. What does the 80s mean to you? You know, that's actually so interesting. I was thinking about the 80s the other day <laughs> um, as a young soul. Um, <laughs> so back in the day. Oh, God. It was such a good time. Um, no, but because my sister was born in 86 or 87. And I thought about that the other day. And I was like, wow, my sister was born in 87. I never really thought of that as being like, my sister was born in the 80s like how like strange that sounds right now because it's 2020 but to me it sounds strange like because I always think of my sister as being like so um like we're not that far apart in age like we're 11 years apart but like I always was like we're not that far apart in age. And I was like, she was born in 87. Like, the 80s was in a completely different time. I have no idea what it was like, obviously. It was really different. I can remember some of it. Reed can remember some of it. I mean, Reed was in Soho and I was in... The 80s were things like, um, oh, Punky Brewster and The NeverEnding Story. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, no, uh, Dynasty okay. and... Um, okay. Madonna. She's not Ma- that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I know. Yes. Prince. Whit- yeah. Jackson, right. Obviously. Whitney. Houston. Obviously. Whitney. Um, All of them. Yes. The like, first really? one you said, I have no idea what you were talking about. Punky Brewster. Well, I was yeah. just watching this movie no. that's on Amazon that I am going to go to called Invitation to Hell with Susan Lucci. But the children, it's about like a demonic society or something. But the two kids in it are the boy who plays Bastion in The NeverEnding Story <gasps> and Punky Brewster, Soleil Moon Fry. And wow. I think it's bef- and it's a horror movie directed by Wes Craven. And I think it's before and the reason I watched it was because I saw an ad where this woman is about to get hit by a car. And he, you think that she's been hit by a car, but she just lays down. The car goes over her. And then when the guy turns around behind him, she just pops up from behind the car, aims her finger at the car, and just burns him to death. Wow. Because she was annoyed that he was going to hit her. So I get that as a witch. Like, don't try to run me down. Just point my finger at you. Set you on fire. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. She was a witch. Yeah, she's okay. a witch. She's a witch. It's called Wait, Invitation to lost. Hell. I'm okay, going to say so- something shocking. Uh-huh. I think that, what? well, Jack was born in 1979, right? And I was born in 1980. Mm-hmm. We're old enough to be okay. your parents. Jack, Wait, India, how old are you? I'm 21. I just turned 21. I absolutely October. could be your mom. Yeah. <laughs> and because, because my, I think my dad was born in like 70, like maybe 74 or something like mm-hmm. that. Wow. 70, John, maybe like 72. I would love if India was our daughter. I mean. Me too. It would, I would, because I would be like. Um, I have so much to learn, clearly. Well, well yes, we would, you know, there, My there's, thing we could, there's things we could teach you, but I'd also be, people would be like, so who's your daughter? I'd be like, her. And then they'd look and be like, oh, gorgeous. What? And I would be like, I know. Well, she wanted to be a model, but we pushed her into ballet. 
<laughs> you have the backstory already set up. We have it already, that's what, we that's have what it I mean. Already set up. Read. Is that your text? Who? No, that was India. I don't think it's me. I think Not it might me. have been feed. Oh. It might have been feedback. Just kidding. It was Mary Thomas. It was Mary oh. Thomas. <gasps> India's Ma- Mary Thomas Gilmore. <laughs> From Mary Gilmore Thomas Girl. McKinnon. Who's that? McKinnon. She's, she's a New York City ballet. Mary Thomas. Mary Thomas. Paging Mary Thomas to the stage, please. Mary Thomas. <laughs> India, Lexus. why don't you tell us tell us very quickly how it is that you ended up at the New York City Ballet? I have no idea. Honestly, I was at the School of American Ballet somehow by the grace of some higher power. And I got in trouble like every day. And then one day, Peter... <laughs> said that I was going to be in the company and that's how it happened. That's literally how it happened. I have no idea. Like Wait, When you were getting into trouble, what does that mean? How were you getting into trouble? Like, Because they'd be like, Tondu front, you Tondu back. <laughs> I wasn't getting into ballet trouble. I was getting into into like dorm trouble. Like I, can you can you tell a story? Is that do you have one that you feel okay telling? I mean, I have one thousand stories. Um, (laughs) I've been told that I go on record as like having the most what they call early curfew punishments, like ever in the history of the dormitory. Um, and it's like you, you get in trouble, you get an early curfew, which, which means you have to be in, in the dorms by 7.30 p.m. Ugh. And then I would, like, forget sometimes to check in for my early curfew yeah. already. So then I would get another one. Oh, and then God. it would just add up. And then I would just do something else and they would get mad at me. And I would get So what you're saying is that your behavior in the school has no bearing on whether or not you get in the company. No, kids. That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 As long as long as you can point your foot and get the leg up and turn out past the point of no return, you are okay to go. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun at the school. Um, It was a really fun time to be alive. Um, And no one had told me uh, how much actual hard work was going to go into have to go into my career yet so yeah nothing was I didn't have any stresses or anything I was just like trying to you know make it back to the building by 11 p.m. So do you deeply relate to the Zoe Saldana character from Center Stage because she was always getting herself in trouble? I have been compared to that character so many (laughs) times like if if it had been made after I had been at the school, I would have thought it was based on my life story. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, somebody really didn't ask me if that was okay to put my life on the big screen like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, I relate to her so much to a certain extent. Like, I wasn't, I never thought of myself as being disrespectful. Um, but, like, you know, I have a bit of an attitude. Thing. What sign are you? Libra. Oh, what's your rising? I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, no, no, no. You I gotta do send know. Me that Devin chart, told me. Is- no, no, no. I know. It's on my co star. Um, it's the one, Edron, Lydia, what's it called? Capricorn? Capricorn. None of this is making any sense for an attitude. <laughs> is that what it is? 
I mean, yeah, Capricorn is really, Capricorns can have some <laughs> attitude, but they're generally like, I'm, you Some? Know, have you met Aaron? Uh-uh. I just know Stuart Singer, who's a Capricorn. Aron is that Spanish queen in New York City Ballet who's very tall and and wonderful. Snatched. Snatched. I'm sure I've I'm sure I've seen her dance. I don't know that I've met her. Um, I know like more of the you know I'm I don't I don't know the kids really at City Ballet anymore. You know it's like the I. He's like. He's like 25. I don't know. I I guess that's a kid. I love that it's like 25 is now old age. (laughs) It's really put, no. it really Old puts days. me at like you know I was thinking about yesterday because yesterday was I think April first but who can remember um, that's when Martha Graham died April first nineteen ninety one <gasps> really mm-hmm. and she came back wow. and did a contraction and was like April Fool yeah it's big time she was <laughs> they were like is she really dead she was such a prankster that Martha <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Fur Johnson played the most evil April Fool's joke on me yesterday, which was that he sent this text to me that said, Hey, Boo, are you okay? Um, I see that there's a nude picture of you in your Instagram story. And then it was just nothing after it. And so then I was like, Oh my God. And then I like frantically checking my Instagram and then I was like, okay, no. And then I go back and then like way, way, way down, it says April Fools. Oh my God. That is so good. Trevor Johnson. Congratulations. That is. Applause to you. That is really, really good. I forgot it was April Fools Day yesterday because I was working. Because the world is ending. All. Oh. Day. Yeah, I so. thought of a good one um, for you that was inspired by one that Simon McNally, one of our um, pod listeners, told me about. Where Simon McNally, that's a good name. I know, it's a bookstore. He, he dances in, it is, it is also a bookstore. It's McNally Jackson, um, but well, okay, you know what I mean. Um, um, he dances in Norway, but he was saying that he'd been like, well, whatever, I won't tell the whole story. But basically, I was going to play an April Fool's joke on you where I was going to tell you that I'd like um, gone out with some friends last night. Oh my God. I really wish you would have done that read. I really wish you would have been like, ah, I had so much fun last night. I met up with, um, well, Patty Delgado like snuck out of the apartment and me and Patty just went on a full terror through the city. We holding hands, holding hands. And then we ran into, you know, who would you run into? It's like, we ran into Sarah Mearns. I gave her a big kiss on the mouth. You know, <laughs> You're like uh, we just jeted down Broadway. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, wait. So India, wait a second. So like, okay, so your mom was an Ailey, and then yeah, she and then was. how did your mom? And then your mom came back to or came back to or was from Michigan? Like, what was the why Michigan? What was the deal of like I'm gonna leave New York um, City and come to Michigan? People always ask me that, yeah. like, like why Michigan? And I'm just like, because that's just, like, where my family randomly is from. Like, I don't yeah, know. Okay. That's just, like, where everyone lives. And so like she my, wanted to be back by her family, which is why she... Yeah, there. like, my, her, my, my grandma lived here um, and my granddad and, um, like, cousins, uncles, my dad. And so, and is that um, family... And there's a lot. So then you're right now around a lot of your family. Right. Like around, like I could go to their house right. in a car, but like social right. distancing and stuff. 
But, um, yeah, like, I'm right. really cl- – I mean, like, I'm at my father's house right now. My parents are separated. But, like, my I'm at my father's house now. And so, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, like, home, home. Like, this is not, like – And was it your mom – was it your mom who was, like, why don't you go to SAB? No, I – okay, so before I went to SAB um, – I went to Dance Theater of Harlem for, well, I, I went there for like a summer intensive when I was like 13. And then I went again when I was 14. And they had been asking me to come train there like during the year. And my mom was like, you're so young. You're so young. I don't know. And so then eventually she was like, okay, fine. If you go, I'm coming too. And I was like, fine. <laughs> so we got an apartment and I went to DTH for a year. But during that year, um, I turned 15 during that year. And it was like the second I got there, there were like the company members, a couple of the company members were like, and my te- mainly my teacher, Andrea Long, who used to be in City Ballet was like you she was like my main teacher while I was there and she was like you need to audition for SAB like you need to audition and I was like is that like where like Julie Kent dances I was like I don't know like what that is I don't know what you're saying like who is that do they do they do the by a dare that like that's like all I really knew I didn't know anything about like the ballet world really I feel like and so then I would like watch all the city ballet videos and all that stuff and I was like oh yeah like I'm gonna go to SAB like what have I been doing all this time and then and what do you what do you think was their strategy behind encouraging you to leave DTH and go to SAB which is essentially them losing one of their best students um I think I think that they, the people who were telling me to leave were the people who had experienced both worlds and, Mm. or who had only experienced that world of DTH and they felt like I could do a little more than just what they had done. And I didn't, obviously did not understand that when I was that age. I was just like, oh, that looks really fun. Mainly I was like, I want to dance with people my age again because I was taking class with one of their like, it was kind of like a second company, but not at all. It was like just like a professional like um, division, I guess you can call it. And everybody in that like, genre or whatever were I think the oldest person above me was 20 maybe like 23 24 at the time and I was 14 at the time so that was like a decade older than me and I was like wow and I didn't really know no like it didn't really bother me or anything I was just like I because I loved those people there and the people that I met there but I was like I missed like dancing with people who are like 13, 14, 15 yeah. years old. Um, just like I miss 
friend. Like I had braces. Like I was young. I was very young. And I just miss being like out of school. 13's young. We can all agree <laughs> on that. All, we and can he, all <laughs> agree. I, I can absolutely agree that 13's a child. Um, um, 13 is a so, child. But when you went to S. When you went to SAB, was your mom like, okay, did your mom come and live in New York with well, you too? Mom was this like the turning in point? New York with me when we decided to go to DTH because they didn't have dorms. So, I, and uh-huh. she was like, you're too, I like, I don't want you to go by yourself. So she moved with me. And then when I auditioned for SAB and I went to SAB for the summer, <clears throat> she was still here. And then when I got in for year round um and I got a spot in the dorms she was like okay I'm guess I'm just gonna leave bye and then she she left because I was in the dorms and was it was there any like culture shock for you going from DTH to SAB or where did you have a great time <clears throat> you know I mean b- both I like I had an amazing time um that didn't like mean that it wasn't a culture shock um it was more just like it the age difference was probably the biggest thing like not like dancing around adults all day and adults who probably would not have a career farther than where they were um it was like a different space to be around like mentally um like the mentality of the people around me I mean even like they were kind of like hitting their dead end and then going Mm. obviously to like a school where everybody is my age and like we still have so much time to figure everything out and we're in this like prestigious school at the same time is like a mentality change for the people who are around me especially um and um in terms of like what I was seeing as of like race I was like um, kind of like a just like a highlighted line in the middle of a page like if you want to mm-hmm. say like it was like like nobody really said it but it was just like okay we have a photo shoot coming up and we need you for this because this is gonna be good this mm-hmm. is gonna be good like like we just need we need you like this is like like you are gonna this is like what what we need and it can benefit you but it's really gonna benefit us and that's just like how I felt like it was just like I was looked at but I and I don't I'm not just saying I was I felt like I was looked at just for being black like I feel like I I I hope what I think of myself is that it was um more than that like a little bit of talent was also accounted for but definitely like I think that they were like it went from being in a swimming pool of people that looked like me to like a swimming pool where like there were only like maybe one other female African-American students there while I was there (laughs) and I think they were like "Ooh, this is good this is like like a dark one, a, right. char- a chocolate one, you know, we can use that. That's what we need. Wow. Well, I mean, right. the truth of the matter Which is, is true. Is I mean, it's true, you know. It's it's, to- it's all true. It's it's just unavoidable. And then hopefully moving forward, it will become less and less 
of like this obvious, as you said, highlighter in the middle of the page. Right. Well, and, and, I've, and Reed and I have talked about it so much. I mean, Reed knows the company far better than I do and, and his, <clears throat> his acumen around ballet and specifically the, the recently the scene in New York, I think is very astute and we have talked about it a lot in this. And it is this thing of, how can this company called New York City Ballet actually look like New York City? For sure. Not the subscription audience. I think, right. <laughs> um, I think people don't want to give, pe- people always are like, we can do better, we can do better, which is obviously true. But also just being in it and experiencing it, I know for a fact that it, they are trying really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that they can't try even harder um, and not saying that we don't have a lot more to do on this topic, but, I, and I, like I, like I wasn't even complaining when it was like, um, you know, people, when when I felt like they needed me at the school or, like, if I feel like they need me in the company for certain things, it's, like, I don't dislike it because it's, like, if they weren't trying to use me at all, people would have something to say and be, like, oh, well, you know, like, they're not using her. And then they use me a lot and people are, like, well, they use her all the time. It's just, like, oh, my God. You know, either right. way, it's going to be, like, sure. there's going to be backlash on them being racist or them um overly using the right. black girl but i think right. that it's it, it's it's to your advantage to have some physical attribute that sets you apart and that doesn't necessarily just mean color because some people have like a huge rib cage or like extremely blonde hair right. or like red right. hair right exactly so if to have one thing that really sets you apart is like just a step into being looked at and that can propel you into like a great career. So I think it's wonderful that you have something that sets you apart and certainly has asked the viewers to really look at you, which from my point of view, I noticed you straight away and have like totally loved and enjoyed and appreciated your dancing. Not just because like, Oh, there's a black girl on stage. It's like, Oh, there's like this excellent black dancer, you know, excellent dancer period. Yeah. Well, that's what I, that's always what I hope. Obviously it's hard to see what I like, I don't know, try to like think of other people's perspective when you're in your own body. But like, I even posted a story about it on Instagram before because somebody asked me like, what is the hardest thing about being a black dancer in New York City Ballet? And I was like, it's not, I feel like it's not really what people think. The hardest thing is like getting the attention that you're black is one thing when you come on stage, but like keeping the attention on you because, and you not being like (sighs) what some people might think is a distraction and more of like you want to look at that person just because their dancing and being black just happens to be what immediately draws you to them. But then like my talent being what keeps them invested is what like, I feel like is the hardest pressure because immediately, like I know there are like a number of eyes that will go directly to me when I come on stage, but how many of those eyes will want 
to continue to watch is like what I not worry about just like think just am conscious of when I'm on stage and I mean the the New York City ballet repertoire and the way that it looks on stage like even amplifies the way that you get kind of visually singled out like doing ballet is like diamonds where everybody's in white or like right. being in the oh my gosh. ballet of flowers where everyone's wearing nude bodices right. it's like yeah oh, well her bodice is not nude it's like some other right. nude color it's strange right yeah it's really it's or oh my god you're so right it's like specific um things in our rep really i mean even like a black and white ballet with just leotard and tights on and you look at everybody and then you're like okay wait her leotard and tights are very far away from her skin color (laughs) well it's a totally like i mean she looks fierce but it's like a different graphic (laughs) experience visually which i think is good and i think the more black dancers that end up in new york city ballet the more that viewers eyes get used to it and then it doesn't become this novelty anymore and it's right exactly I mean, just that it even is a novelty. I mean, Reed and I have talked about this as well of like, and I do, I mean, I, I have, I think sort of more hope for the company now. Yeah. Um, in terms of it going forward, I feel there actually can be some, some really some more dialoguing and some more, um, inventory taking of itself than I think there was prior, Mm -hmm. uh, and which to help it be better. But I think, you know, it's like when I think of Kyle and getting to set his piece and the fact that he had like had to win basically fucking every award under the sun, it was sort of before that happened. I mean, he was already so astronomically famous. Right. That, and then someone who is not, doesn't have, hasn't made any dances at all or has made like a couple or a few is Mm. not close to his age at all and is being asked to set a work is such a, a, it, it, it sounds like what it sounds like. Yeah. It's it's also to do with Kyle not coming from ballet and then with the new directorship and cultural shift, them feeling more comfortable having modern dance choreographers come in, et cetera. But it is Mm -hmm. also to, you know, they've had very few African-American choreographers make work at New York City Ballet. Um, I was also, I was going to say, um, what was I going to say? Oh, I mean, I learned from the New York City Ballet podcast and Silas Farley that, you know, it was originally the intention of Balanchine and Lincoln Kirstein to have the School of American Ballet be half black students and half white students. Mm-hmm. And obviously that dream didn't get fulfilled, but... I think, I think as long as like dancers of color don't continually end up being like tokens inside of a company like New York City Ballet, I think the problem will continue to get better. Yeah, it, and it I mean, it, it in a way, it's like to a certain like it's not the institution's fault completely. It's like you only can work with what you have, and if there's no kids in the school who are good enough or at a high enough caliber to be in the company then what are you supposed to do there's nobody there and that just comes from a whole line behind like you know a lot of african-americans don't have 
the resources to get to ballet class, to pay for ballet class, to wear what they need to wear for ballet class. You know, it goes like so far back. It's so much more complicated than just getting a black person in New York City ballet. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Um, well, because then it steps into this whole thing around outreach and how you're going to deal with uh, how to make it inclusive. Right. Means that you have to find ways to cover them and to get to them and cover them. And that's what I say. I think people don't give them enough credit sometimes because I know that being at SAB, I know for a fact that they are working really hard on that specific. Right. I mean, they have a whole entire thing where they invite past SAB um, students that are African-American and past New York City Ballet company members that are African-American to come and have this meeting every so often. I don't know. I think it might be like every couple of months or whatever. And they talk about that. They talk about all of that. And I think it's really important. And they, they, I think they're doing a good job and they know all of this. And that's why they've started this, the whole scholarship thing and, um, being, trying to be really supportive and trying to do these outreaches where they go and do lecture demonstrations in neighborhoods that isn't just like the Upper East Side or the Upper West Side, right. which right. is what is important. I mean, a lot of black people also um, aren't in an environment where they are able to even know about ballet. And that's what that right. what that outreach um program does is just exposes them to that like this exists um so right. i know that they're doing the right things but it's gonna take to, like it's like people say it's not gonna happen overnight this is definitely not going to happen overnight no I and i mean trying. i i and i also i fully agree i think they're trying i i agree with all of that and as i said i feel i have i actually have felt much more faith as things shifted there Recently. that it would, that it would actually, yes, that it would yeah. be able to shift more. I mean, yeah. I have a really, I have an unwavering faith in Wendy. I, I just, love I, I love her so much. I think she is brilliant and, uh, she is not divorced from politics and from her care of society and her heart is as big as her talent. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I felt really just so relieved. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited about that. And I, I feel I, very supported by Wendy personally. She's, yes. She's, she's major. And I also have to echo Reed that when I first saw you dance, I was just so struck by your talent and, and oh, a real, thank you so much. and a real sense of, well, I mean, it's so nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you too. I know it's a real, <laughs> Well, Reed and I, I mean, but Reed knows the dancers. I don't know them. I mean, if I go, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really know a lot of people in that company. I know a few. Mm -hmm. And so if I go and I see it, I'm like, oh, who's that? And then Reed will be like, oh, this and that. Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to get to talk to you. I mean, I think I'm also, and I do feel like it's a real thing of what will it be like when we come back from all of this, from from COVID, like when people are able to assemble back in theaters, whatever is happening with the economy at that point. I mean, that is the part that also concerns me around diversity and inclusion. Like, 
outreach, you know all of that scholarship work. What I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping that just for this topic, that when everything is okay again and quote unquote back to normal, um, that we come back to work and they think about this topic and they're like, okay, we clearly don't have any time to waste. Like anything like this can happen again. We cannot keep waiting. Yeah. Like what are we waiting yes, for? Yes, thank you, honey. You know, yeah. like this, something like this can happen any day. Yeah. Like how this just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. I was the same way, Reed. I was like, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be fine. Like, I think, <laughs> like, I was like, this is probably going to last for our three-week layoff, and then we will be on that bus to D.C., no. guaranteed. Here we are. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that when it comes to this topic and they're sitting in their next meeting and they think about this topic, they're like, you know what? We don't have any more time to waste. Like, it's really time to maybe, I don't know, make the first African-American female dancer not just be in the core ballet of right. New York City Ballet. I agree. Like not, in, and I'm not saying that in an, in an, in an aggressive um, promote me way. It's not even about me. It's like someone, like you have to use someone so that, to inspire like it's not too late like to inspire like what do it's you a, think and also and that's how then people get to find out i mean the, the, there's it's multi-pronged in this thing of us being isolated and now on our phones and all of that i think there is this way that there can be outreach through the internet to people who don't know about ballet to people who wouldn't even have exposure to a ballet to how that how instagram right. i think has actually helped ballet get to mm, places in sure. America where people were, would be like, that's not for me. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I could never. And I think that that sort of, that that way of it also working to can help bring eyes and inspire. And I do agree in terms of like, yes, principles of visibility because like it's the visibility of a principle in that role is really important. Right. And it's great to, to be in the experience, just like to be there. I'm so thankful every, I mean, especially right now when I think about it um, for obvious reasons, but every time, um, last meeting I had even with John and Rosemary, they were like, it seems like you like to come to work. And I was like, cause I do, I like going to work. Like I really love, like I love being around people. This, this is a really hard time um, for me. Um, I, I like being around people and I like having, having to work with, um, lots of people. And the first thing I do in the morning when I go to work is see like 60 people. Like I, I like that. Yeah. It's like, it makes me happy. But in terms of things that are beyond me, like people, are going to pay to see a black ballerina dance at New York City Ballet. And once they understand that, it's not about a singular person. It's like so much more massive than that. Like your audience will change. Your Somebody wants to be friends with me on this thing? No. 
Not now. <laughs> Just us, India. You're only friends with um, us. But yeah, I don't know if you know what I'm saying, but like it. I do. I mean, to add to that, India, it's like there are various reasons why you push a dancer through the ranks and the process of doing that grows the dancer exponentially. Mm-hmm. So there's all these dancers who join New York City Ballet in, in a very small frame of, of, of skill and talent. You guys are all exceptionally high level. So at that point, it then becomes the leadership's responsibility to pick which ones to groom to move up through the company. And there are various reasons that you do that. And obviously some people's like are so gifted, like whatever Tyler Peck that you can't, you can't leave her in the core. You you have to move her forward very quickly. And then you have to make very calculated decisions. And I think uh, clearly you're unbelievably talented. You're such a pleasure to watch. And then I feel if you just keep consistently giving good performances, it's only a matter of time that hopefully they'll make a really good decision, which would be to bring you forward so that you can inspire other young dancers because having dancers of color in leadership positions in the company is going to be incredibly important to the future of having a more balanced company. Well, it's also, and it is this thing of what are we doing with, and the number of times I feel that I lecture about audiences and subscription audiences is, and how, how do we want to help an audience go forward? How do we want to continue to build an audience that will look to support the arts in the future. Right. And it's a, it is, it has been in the last few years, it was certainly very noticeable that it was very different from when I would go and see an ABT show to a New York city ballet show. So mm-hmm. the audience was different at ABT. Yeah. And, and for I, obvious reasons, for obvious reasons that I was like, come on, like it's, yeah, this isn't, it's it all yes do I think and I I hear you and I agree and I do understand that they're working hard and stuff but what you said about hopefully this wakes people up to we don't have a lot of time we don't I mean, have this time. thing around <laughs> endless sort of time is so I've never felt that way I've always been like it's now it's now it's now or it's never oh, for sure and I know so, this sounds like a good joke but like my dad always says um you know, you're only going to be young for like a second. And the next thing you know, you're going to be 50 years old. And oh, I'm always like, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and it sounds like a joke, but like he, when it, when I really think about it and when it comes to something that I like, I don't know where I need to, where, where I need to hear him say that in my head, it's tr- It's really true because then something like this happens and you're like, my career could be on hold for the next year, year and a half. Like, who mm-hmm. even knows? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the t- like we don't have time. I don't, mm-hmm. Like, we don't have any time. And I th- hope that when we go back to work that they really sit down or maybe they will have this conversation online just like we're doing right now before we even get back to work. Um and cover this topic and be like we need to do something massive when we get back to work and this is included in our plan i hope that that is the way they think it is the point of i mean in certain in certain meditation practices when one meditates on one's own death and that that is the only certainty that you have 
in this life. Like the only certainty that you get when you're born is that you'll die. Mm-hmm. It's that truth. It's the only one that That's we for sure know. Mm-hmm. I would hope will guide more people into, well, then what do you want to leave? What do you want the legacy to be? And do you want to open and wake people up and create a better place? Or do you want to like have it go backwards? And I, you know, right. that's my hope that also out of this time that is incredibly deadly, we, we are going to experience such um, like this massive death throughout the world that's already happening everywhere. And it's really on our shores now. It's a thing of, I hope that my hope if I have any, is at the end of this, is that it does wake people up to that fact. Yeah. I also think that, I don't know, them thinking that way, when I say them, I mean, you know, just people in charge, people, the leadership. Um, I hope that they know that something like that I mean, it's beneficial for them for so many reasons, but something like that after a time like this would be such an uplifting thing to get back into normal day living. Yes. Um, With like you can restart your life and also know that there's a black principal dancer at New York City Ballet, female never been done before you know like that's just like that could be such a huge thing and like i said it doesn't have to be me but it needs to be somebody and somebody soon like and, and i don't it, and, and i hope that they realize more, that. and it needs to be more than one i mean it's this thing of yeah it also needs to exactly. be more than just one because which feels one it looks like you're doing somebody a favor and that you don't really want it but like Mm, you kind of need it and like you are you want to prove to the world like you are inclusive but you're not really like one looks shady you well should and just... out of a company of how many right almost like many? and like i said again almost a hundred uh, <laughs> almost a yeah no over a hundred i think recently we got i think with apprentices there's like 103 or something like that and i think so. that's also this thing when we come out of what you know this time of that is also so marked by yes we're all isolated in our isolation now of talking on the phone etc but we were already isolated and polarized like mm-hmm. we are living in such exceptional this is this time is so hyper polarized that where language all language has become weaponized both on the right and left and then like some mm-hmm. kind of this whatever strange middle camp that it's just, it's, there's just no time for it. It's, it is the time of, please, we have, we have to be inclusive. We have to become accepting. It, we are all interdependent on each other. And India, for you personally, you'll just have to stay inspired, work incredibly hard, show up like you have been, and you really have already all of the gifts in order to make that happen for yourself. So yeah. It's just a matter of persevering and believing it every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's a process that I had a conversation, a really good conversation actually with Harrison Cole one day 
uh, like not that long ago, maybe like two months ago. It was during winter season. And we, one of the things that he was just asking me, he was asking me about LaSource and he was asking me about, um, tell Jack about LaSource. LaSource is a big opportunity for you. Um, LaSource was like the first, uh, like soloist role I'd ever done, like performed on stage and ever been cast to do. Like I've learned, um, a very uh, an amount that makes me happy but I have never gotten the opportunity to do one and so that was like the first one that I had ever done and it was this past winter season and it was just like a process that I never knew existed like I never even knew what it was like like people when people say, like, you know, oh, oh, it's going to be a lot of hard work, you know, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be hard work. It's so, it's such an understatement, like, and that's what I was talking to Harrison Cole about. I was like, people say hard work, like, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's hard work. It is, like, there were times, one, one, it was the loneliest experience that I've ever had. Um, I didn't have anything else, um, in the season. I wasn't, I, I had gotten taken out of Firebird, ended up being back in it because somebody had gotten injured, but I didn't have any ballets before, um, La Source, um, which is a, a lot of times how a lot of soloists and sometimes principals work is that they don't have anything like for so long and then they have something extremely hard um for like their first thing of the season like three weeks into the season or something and um which meant I didn't have any group rehearsals I didn't have any real time to like be around my friends in the studio um which is important to me because it like builds um just like the kind of environment um, mentally that you remember about a process of something. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I was in the studio alone every single day. It was so lonely. Um, and I was like, this is such an interesting way to work. And I can't believe that principals and soloists do this all the time. Like it was to the point where like, it was so hard. I had to call my mom and just, I just started, I started crying so badly before a Nutcracker show. Cause I started rehearsing it during Nutcracker and I was sitting on a, on a toilet. I wasn't peeing. I had full leotard and tights <laughs> on and I was sitting on a toilet all the way upstairs by the Agma lounge that like a toilet nobody goes to. And I was crying so badly. She couldn't even ask me what was wrong. I just had to like cry first. And I was like, when I could talk again, I was like, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Like, I don't know if I'm capable physically, mentally. It's driving me insane. I haven't been in the studio with anyone else but myself or Rosemary. And whom I love. (laughs) But it was like... It was just, like, mentally such 
a process. Like it, it was, I don't regret it at all. It was like the best learning experience ever. And I was also like, if this is what I want, this is clearly my test right now. But yeah, I understand how I understand. It made me understand why certain people who get very far are the way that they are. Mm. Um, personality wise and not in a bad way or anything, but just personality wise, mentally. Um, and I remember talking to Megan LaCrone and she was like, yeah, it's, it's going to be, she was like, yeah, it's, it's lonely. Like it's the loneliest thing ever. And it's so rewarding once you go on stage and you're dancing by yourself, but then there's like thousands of people there with you. Finally, she was like, that's like the best part. And it's such a good reward for those times. But she was like, I'm not going to tell you that it's going to get any better. Right. There's definitely, and that was hard, especially in New York city Valley where there's so much wonderful group dancing to do. There's a grieving period for people who start to ascend. And then I think there's, you develop equipment to deal with it. And when you become a principal, then you develop relationships to partners and then it becomes a kind of different situation. But soloist is this very, I think painful place to be sort of in limbo between one and the other where you're alone a lot. So, I mean, yeah. yes, it is something to aspire to, but I do hope that you get some more time dancing with the group to fulfill that aspect of yourself that you so clearly need. I love dancing with my friends. I mean, n- not saying that I don't like dancing alone because I enjoyed it. I loved it. I like, it was so f- I loved it. I was like, Oh yeah, of course. Duh. But, um, it was just like something that I had to g- g- realize because I just I would have I didn't know like I didn't know that's what it felt like or that's what it was like or, um, you know like being in the st- I mean all you do when you're an apprentice most of the time first year core is core stuff like and so I was just like so used to that and usually being in a I mean we had just got done with Nutcracker where you're literally with fifty people all the time so it was like. It was just so different mentally. It was such a self-motivating um, thing that I realized it, it was It was such a learning experience. I'm so glad that I got to do it. At the same time, I'm also so glad that you got to do it before this moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Talk about you're going to, I mean, thinking of my ballet friends who have to keep their body together oh, God! in wherever they've landed during this. Yeah. How is that going for you right now? What are you, are you, you're doing class online? I have not done. Is that still happening? I just told Reed, I have not done a single ballet class online. Not a single one out of all the ones we've got Bella. We've got Bowder. We've got TPEC. We've got James, like, Everybody is doing one, and we've got our own New York City ballet classes every yeah, single yeah. morning. Well, yeah, because I know that New York City ballet has its <laughs> right with Craig, morning. which is amazing. And I just I haven't really felt inspired to want to join in on a ballet class yet. I don't really know why. I haven't really put like a finger on why that might be. Um, I'm just like doing what I want and that's not what I really want to do right now. What is it I, that you're I, doing that you want to do? Um, I, so I started just like, blessed am I, um, my dad, we just have like a, 
workout like area in our basement, which I'm really thankful for to like have the space. Um, but we have like all these weights and like all this equipment. And um, so that's what I've been doing. I've been like looking up random workouts online and I'll like add some of that to my routine every day. And I'm really satisfied with it. Like I just, it feels good to do physical things that doesn't mean like doing like plies, tondus. Like it's, I always found it, it's always good to take a kind of substantial break away from ballet. So then you can find other physical practices and come back into your ballet body with like renewed, not like new right. knowledge and like a fresh body. Cause ballet done over and over and over, just like every day, relentlessly, your bad habits never get repaired. They just on they and on and on. sink in. Oh my God. They just yeah. sink in for forever. Ever. Oh, it's like nutcracker. Like people are like, oh, he must be in such good shape by fifth week nutcracker. Actually, sweetie, the exact opposite. I literally so cannot sweet. land a double pirouette for my life. Like somehow you like you would think maybe you would be in like the best shape of your life. And like the answer is no. Like you literally that was also hard because this year was the first year since I've been in the company that we've gone straight from nutcracker to winter season. Right. So we went from like we were dancing for like 15 weeks straight and going from that body, that nutcracker body to trying to do what I did during winter season. I was like, I'm just getting worse. I was like, my dance is getting worse. I haven't had a break in weeks, like months. I was like, I was, I, I thought at one point I was going crazy, but, um, And, and what else are you doing India during your time at home? To keep yourself from losing your mind. Eating. I mean, eating's like a... I love eating, so it really helps me not lose my mind to be out. Like, I get excited when I'm going downstairs and I'm like, what am I about to eat? Um, and I, yeah, I get America's excited. America's national pastime, yeah. eating. <laughs> I <Not> love... Mine. <laughs> just a couple... Not mine, honey. Just a couple whiffs of air and yeah. she's good. Yeah, it's just, it's just vapors for breakfast, vapors for lunch. <laughs> You know, um, I just stand in front of the microwave and warm up my napkin and then I'm good. (laughs) Exactly. 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 Um, (laughs) drive, drive by McDonald's and roll down the window. (laughs) Are are you a cooking person, India? Do you cook food? Um, I, oh my God, I want to be a cooking person so badly, like so bad, but and I get so jealous when I watch your um like Reed's good at it. Yeah, and you're like my spaghetti squash and like oh bon <laughs> and yeah, bon and he's like he's like oh so thin, so stringy. And I'm like, mm. good for you. <laughs> I'm eating the pizza that my dad bought yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um but I you know I love what that you're only letting the mask on that one side of your face crack and not the other one. They're, oh, they're both. That's awesome. they're they're, honey, Reed, there's no way that that mask is not fully. Oh, I see. It was. Cracked. It was the sunlight. The sunlight oh. was. Honestly, no, no, no. I can see like this being in the next like fashion week, like runway. It's very fashion. You look exactly like Sally, whatever her name was from the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Do you know one, what I'm talking about? Like the, oh, the, the, t- the woman whose like Burton. legs and arms come off. Yeah, she wasn't born right. yet, Reed. She wasn't born yet. Okay, but I've seen Not it. Really. Okay, certain things. Come on. Okay, 
Listen. Wait, what year were you born? Ninety-eight. Ah, uh, the year Reed yeah. graduated high school. Was it actually? True. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's yes, so honey. sad about that. It's a good <laughs> year, wasn't it? She really, I, I really lived for, oh, yeah. Um, you have excellent pedigree, India. It was a big year for you and it me. It was a big yeah. year. Yeah. Congratulations to us both, 98. Yeah. Woo. And um, so right now you have no plans on when you're going to come back to New York. It's so sad. I miss my apartment so much. I miss the city so much. I miss, I realized the other day, I miss going out to dinner so much, like like, I miss ordering drinks, and I miss just, like... I also miss ordering drinks. I have to oh, say. my God. I miss <laughs> it so much. Like, just, like, the process. How many years has it been? I have not I have not had a drink in over 17 years. Really? So it's best for everyone. And, yeah, yeah I've Good never had you. a drink. Reed's never, ever had a drink. Look, she's looking at me. She can't believe it. It's true. Why? It's true. Have you even had like a sip of any kind of alcohol? <laughs> like just India a sip to try why? it? <laughs> yes, I've had sips. Yes. And you were like, gross, I don't like it. I mean, if you um, take a Sometimes sip. they're very tasty. Oh, okay. But you're just like not going to co- do it. I'm not interested. A cocktail is delicious, but I was going to say, if yeah, you just take like a sip of tequila, you're probably going to be like, ew. Wait, yeah. Well, Reed would be. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. honey. <laughs> I remember the first time I discovered tequila, I was Me 21. Too. And so this, like, I was out at some bar with some guy and he was introduced me to tequila sunrises. And I was like, these are delicious. <laughs> yeah. And I had so many. And I got back to my apartment, which is on Grand between Elizabeth and Mott, and had an elevator in it. Wow. I remember waiting for the elevator at the bottom of the stairs. And I was like, I'm just going to lean against this wall behind me. And the next thing I knew, I heard this woman going, excuse me, excuse me, you can't sleep there. And hours had passed. It was bright day morning. And my knees were against the elevator. And I had, like, fallen. It was not much space between the elevator and the wall. And I had just, like, fallen down in between the elevator and the wall behind me, fast asleep. And that is why Jack doesn't drink anymore. No way. Well, honey, like I finished like a bottle and a half of tequila and I weigh 125 pounds. Like <laughs> I, I, once you pop, you I w- can't stop. I'm a real Pringles drinker, honey. I, w- it's not, I would it not off. have just fallen asleep. I would have puked all of my insides out, like all of my insides. I would just, I wouldn't puke because I would just look at the floorboards and breathe. That's, you don't do it. You like look at the floorboards and breathe. I mean, it's, I haven't, since I was, the last drink I had was like 22 or 23. So I've wow. been, been a real minute. Wow. I know. Good for you. I know, but tequila, tequila sunrise, really, I. That'll do it. I mean, talk about manic panic. That's a whole other <laughs> I've got a lot of stories, and it, and the longer this quarantine goes on, the more I the harder it gets. Listeners' amusement. <laughs> yes, Wait. I have a whole one of like flipping over a, a parked cop car with two cops in it, oh. and just, like Reed's heard this story before. I was running across He's Second like, no, Avenue. I I was running across Second Avenue while traffic was coming, and I was like so wasted. And I was like, "Wee!" And I saw a cop car, and I was like, "I'm just gonna roll over the hood like in a movie." <laughs> oh 
So I like body slammed myself into the hood of this cop car, rolled across it in like a jazz split and like landed on the other side and like sprung up like Catwoman and Batman Returns. And there were two cops in the car who were looking at me like this. Because they were shook. Because I also, when I was 20, I looked 15. Like, I mean, and I moved to New York at 18 and was like off to the races. So this was, I, that was a drink. That wasn't even a legal drink that I had at that point. Did, and I was just like, did they oh, say wait. anything? I think they were, they were stunned. And I was like, Wah! and I like ran and off. Ran away. You know? like, <laughs> I like, I was, they were like, let her go. Let that young girl go. That young girl has problems. That, that, They're like, this that girl is deeper than the NYPD. This is, we yeah, can't do anything like, for her. They were, they were like, please let that Angelina Jolie lookalike go. <laughs> girl interrupted. Let her go. I was, oh I was off and away. Speaking of, I actually have to go now. 3.30. I've got to run. It's 3.30. Oh, wait, I, I know have. you're on a time schedule. We... We talked, uh, cause I weirdly, I'm st- so I am teaching, I'm a full time <laughs> faculty member. And so I teach a lot of, I'm India still- thought that this was a podcast marathon and we were just going to go all day. No, I thought we were just going to hang out all day. I have, I have student <laughs> meetings. Dinner. I'm not using zoom, which it feels like everyone is, but I really believe oh, zoom is going to crash. So I'm sticking <gasps> to Google hangout. I think everything is going to crash. Wait, before you go, I just yeah. wanted to say that well, before, yes. before we go, um, that I've been having the strangest dreams since quarantine. Me Why too. is that a thing? Oh, because we're psychologically I, processing an event that has not happened guys. in any one that we know's lifetime. I have The Nazis had... were coming for me last <gasps> night. Really? Are you being serious? Yes, and also I accidentally was wearing Jennifer Hudson's wig and because our wigs looked very similar. And then she got very mad at me when she revealed to me that, in fact, I was wearing her expensive wig and trying to make her wear my wig. And she was like, no, darling, you're wearing my wig. Okay, but that's weird because I had a dream that I was in Germany <laughs> last night. Not But good. a futuristic Germany. <laughs> and we were at New York City Ballet was in this futuristic new theater that had just gone up in Germany. And the sprinklers went off and we were all trying to get out. But the stairs, oh my God, it took forever to get down the stairs. We had to find this new maze to get out of this crazy theater. And you needed all these like futuristic access passes to get out. It was like They've been like stories like in my, it's crazy. My last dream before waking was that I was doing a show in Florida and it was being, and they, and James Whiteside, it was everything is imaginable. And every, and there was supposed to be, there were rehearsals on stage at 10 PM. And sounds like Veil Dance Festival to me. Gideon Lester, my (laughs) boss and uh, Caleb Hammonds were producing it. And they were sending me emails being like, why weren't you at rehearsal? And I was walking with Reed and I was like, oh, the people were on stage to rehearse at 10, but I was asleep. <laughs> and Reed was like, it's fine. We already know the show. It was very actually kind of not an abnormal dream. but Very abnormal. That's real life. It was all to be taped because of Quarantina. But they were like, you know what? Let's do it for a live audience. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And they were like, well, we'll do an early show for the older people. So they can, so they'll have more room around them from five to six. And then we'll do the show for a regular audience at 10. And I was like, 
Still and, not uh, my partner Jeremy was going to come and watch it and I was like please don't watch the show in an audience and I was thinking about myself on stage and what would be far enough from people's breathing oh god okay well everybody please uh, rate view subscribe on podcasts and um, come come to Instagram live on Tuesday nights at 8 wait where's this going to be eight, it's on with it's on with Instagram Instagram <laughs> follow with dance and stuff on Instagram oh and it'll be on yeah. You're gonna get in a car yeah, and get drive in a car and to drive to with Instagram. dance and stuff in the town of Instagram. <laughs> Come to da- with dance and stuff's house in the town of Instagram location internet. Um, and, uh, um, and it'll be yes at the with dance and stuff account, and it is um, with follow us on with dance and stuff on Instagram and watch our next live studio uh audience of none taping mm-hmm. uh at um tuesdays at 8 est i hope that if any of these people find me on instagram that they know that anything that i've posted in the past my face will probably never look that way again because i think i'm about to peel my actual skin off when i take this <laughs> When you take this face mask off that's been on for an hour and 20 minutes. You have to soak it. They're beautiful. I'm going to take you one more screen picture. Don't move. Okay. India, you are a bright light. And that was a fun and wonderful interview. That was the best part of my bleak day. Oh, thank you for giving us a, a, a crop top dance, honey. A crop top dance. It's really good. With the mask, the dance is really good. Please take, please do that on um, Instagram. Just do a story that you tag us in with you dancing and being like, just got off, just got off of a house party. Just left a house party with. Just left a house party. I just left this house party with these two old queens. And, it was um, so lit. I had, and it was lit. It was a- so lit, honey. It was so lit. It Lit AF. One of them still got a cupboard of oxy, and one of them should never get her hands on it. Um, okay. Well, ladies, have another. We loves you, India. We, we love, love you. Yeah. And um, thank you so much. And and yes, and to let our everyone follow follow India. Follow with dances. Oh, India, what's your hand? Well, we're gonna tag you. But what's your handle on Instagram? Um. India Bradley with two Y's. No, that is not how you actually spell my name. But I someone else had snagged with it. one Y. But somebody snagged it, and they're probably not nearly as cool. So no, it's a waste. No, well, we're gonna we'll we'll have this all tagged up. Don't you need to go teach? I'm gonna go. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye.